Ladies, I'm going to make this really quick for the intro. I just want to remind you that Queen Alchemy is officially open. So if you have not already filled in your form, please make sure that you do, do that ASAP. Once the form is filled in, I will then get an email notification and then I will email you with any follow-up questions or the link to join. I just do the form because I want to make sure that Queen Alchemy is the right program for you. I don't want you to join and then be like, this is too overwhelming. I should have done a one-on-one X, Y, and Z. So that's why I do that. If you have any questions, feel free to shoot an email through. Um, there is going to be a limit of people. So please make sure that you get in as soon as possible and don't leave a money leak open by, you know, like filling in your form and everything, me sending you an email and then you not doing, doing anything about it. I can't push you in to do it. That is totally up to you. It is up to whether you are deciding to put yourself first and make this leap or whether you are going to stay where you are for another year. And I'm like, fuck that. So I'm going to leave it there. If you are joining Queen Alchemy, claim it and then make that decision for yourself. Don't put one foot in and then one foot out. It is not a vibe and not good for your energy field. And with that, we're going to jump straight in. Oh, wait, really quick. Please keep posting the podcast on your Instagram story. I have really appreciated seeing all of the posts over the last two weeks from my most recent episode. So please make sure that you tag Louise and I, Feminine as Fuck and Open House um, in your Instagram story so that more people can listen to the girl talk um segment and uh, get some insight from this very amazing conversation about uh, making more money than your partner like having a girl chat like a life update and then let's just go into it people want to hear that shit we just realized that we have so much to share with the world oh my god people are gonna love this segment we are the duo that we always always needed we're just gonna be blunt i mean you have sages here stop fucking chasing men it's just like a warm hug on your pussy preach it sister we are not gonna mother you and she's like do you think he's ghosting me and i said do not reply to that message so stop lowering your self-worth and looking desperate because it's tragic we need to learn to receive daddy looks up hotels and I bring you a short list and I was like oh my god obsessed with that right it's so juicy I fucking love these episodes I hope that everybody is loving them <laughs> babe I was just the reason why I was late was because I was baking bread and had to get it out of the oven and then cut some slices to give to my man before he left the house because I was like you need to eat what'd you say it's her woman duties he just said <laughs> And the reason I was late was because I had to eat the breakfast that my man made for me. There like, we go. Yeah. There we go. I love that. I love that. How are you? I'm good. Are we are we on camera asking that question or are we off camera asking that question? Um, let's see what the answer is, then we can just depend whether we want to cut it out. Yeah. I'm fine, but I feel like I'm I've got my flight back to the UK. So I mm. am like literally an emotional wreck. I think that also mm. Tulum like brings up so much I don't know everyone always used to say to me oh I can't live in Tulum it like it's too intense like it brings up too much you might know more about this because you're much mm. more energetic and spiritual than me but it's like a very intense place for me I've had like a lot of trauma come up that I either thought I'd processed or didn't even realize was existing and then obviously like falling in love whilst like having all of that coming up and then leaving yeah. it's like oh my god and then am I coming back like do I do I want to live here like I don't really think oh I my god live. no I couldn't live in Tulum exactly but like he can't really leave so well, it's because like fucking Mexico like Mexicans can't get a visa very easily it is like so hard for them to get a visa well I know at least to get into the U.S. um I'm like that's so fucking racist is it not like you're Mexican so therefore we don't want you in the U.S. like I get it but also like oh my god yeah literally that's a that, lot. I was like oh maybe we should go to the Hamptons at the end of this summer like just thinking that would be like a nice way to end off the summer and then obviously come and visit you guys. Yes, obviously. <laughs> um, and he was like, no, babe, like I, I might not be able to do that because of the visa situation. And I was like, what the fuck? And then when I explored that, I was like, oh, cool. So he works in hospitality. So I'm like, cool, well, you can't get a job in America. So that's like another spanner mm -hmm. in the work. But anyway, I'm fine. And like everything, what will be, will always be. Um, mm -hmm. But it's just like a lot going on with me and how are you we haven't spoken yeah. since you've moved across states I know I've, moved, I've become a southern girl he said to me um before we got on the podcast he was like now you're a southern woman so you have to be good not do not say fuck too many times so I'm like I am now a southern woman like he's like it's so funny like we were at his parents um like uh property over the weekend the fourth of July and he looks at me in a bikini he's like 
is there extra material that's going to be added to that? He's like, do you want anything that like covers a little bit more of your bum? I'm like, yeah, but like, I think these ones are more flattering. He's like, flattering around children and family. I'm like, oh my God, fuck off. That is literally hilarious because this week I've been tanning and I have three different sizes of bikini. And so now I have like long tan line, mid tan line. And then one day I had the big pants, like the normal ones. And I was like, ooh. (laughs) Oh my God. So yes, I need to to be a good girl on the episode because I'm now a Southern woman living in Atlanta. Um, I mean, I love it. I, it's so different to New York and I, I, I really do miss New York and I'm going back for a week next week, actually, um, just to have a girl's week and everything. It's not like New York Atlanta at all, but it's also like so supportive for being, for like wanting that grounded home life. You know what I mean? Like I see trees everywhere. There's so many fucking trees. There's so much nature here. The people are really nice. The way it's, it's a slower pace. It's still like a full on city, but it's a much slower pace. Everyone lives in houses. So it just feels different. Mm. Um, and it's just like, I'm not waking up stressed every morning. I don't find it hard to wind down at nighttime. Like in New York, I could be up until 2am, no problem working. I would find it so hard to wind down just the energy of the city was just a lot and like really intense. Um, so I've been really enjoying just living here and being like way more grounded, being, um, being in nature more and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's been it's been a change of pace, but a really good one, and I've been enjoying it and just moving through so many fucking new chapters. As I you, um, it's but, so funny. Yeah, it's so funny what you say about the like slowing down and being in nature because those are two things that like Tulum has really made me slow down because obviously everyone here, no one is like a slave to anything. People come yeah. to Tulum to get away from the slave, and I I like I'm kind of addicted to being the slave. Like I love working. I love mm-hmm. it. Dopamine hits. I love achieving, building. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to talk about that in today's episode. Actually, yeah, probably like a good entry point. It really um, is, yeah, yeah. And so that's been really hard for me to slow down. But at the same time, it's like I'm missing that, like um, the more hectic lifestyle. Like I'm missing my gym. Like I'm putting on mm-hmm. weight. I can't walk here. There's just like construction everywhere. Mm-hmm. But yes, there's the beach. But it's like I'm inland, so it's like a 25 minute drive or 20 minute drive to the beach. It's not like mm-hmm oh, I can just go outside and I don't have my dog with me. So I'm not walking the dog every day. Mm-hmm. So I'm envious of you having mm-hmm. that, like all the nature around you. But at the same time- We always time, want what we don't have. Right? But I think it's going to be interesting to see how and if at any point you miss the New York vibe because I'm like missing the city. But then it's like, oh, maybe we'll both end up just visiting those places rather than like being there. Well, that's kind of what I've realized of like, I was saying this to my friend the other night of, I feel like Atlanta is such a good place for us to be living. Like the reality was when he was up and like staying with me in New York and whatever, it was just fucking shit. Like we didn't even like being in New York to get a living there. It was just not, we did not find it a supportive environment for our relationship versus we need like slow pace, right? Like we need like the thought, like we were in Paris for five days or whatever. And like that, that got to a point where it was too fast paced because like two empaths together, the city's intense. Like it's just too much. But what I've realized with Atlanta is like, I do miss New York a hundred percent. I miss New York. There is no place in the world like New York and Atlanta is not a city like London or New York or Paris. It's just not like that. Right. Um, but what I've realized is Atlanta is so good to be living in like it is so perfect for our home where I want to grow and work and be nurtured and be grounded and then it's perfect because like I can just travel all the time and I travel and I get those hits when I need them and then I can leave when I need them so it's like okay I needed a girls week in New York and I needed like you know me time to just go shopping and like just be in the bougie vibes and go out for dinner every night so it's like cool I'm going to New York for a week and it's just like now I really get to enjoy New York because the funny thing is about living in New York and I'm sure it's like London as well. Like when you live in those big cities, you don't even fucking appreciate them. Number one, you pay to live there. Like you pay the price of living in New York, but you don't even get to experience New York. Like I experienced the most of New York around Christmas time. I'm working less. And that's honestly why I have the time to do it. I don't really take clients in like after my birthday in December. And um, so I'm working less. So I have the time. And so I'll walk around the city more and do more of those things. But I actually really didn't even get to do the normal like New York things that people love to do and that I'll get to do when I'm there visiting because I'm so busy all the time. Like, yes, I would go out for dinner all the time with my girlfriends or whatever, 
but you just work all day. So you pay the price to live in New York, which is a hefty fucking price. And you don't even really get to enjoy it. So now it's like, okay, I actually get to really nourish my body and feel really grounded and um, supported in my new home. And then I can travel all the time. We can go to Europe all the time. We can go to New York all the time. We can go do all of those things and you appreciate them more. And it's I almost am interested to see if it's like more productive where it's like when I'm at home, I get my work done. I get ahead. I get to look after myself. And then when I'm away, I get to really enjoy that time away rather than like constantly being on a hamster wheel. Like I was living in New York, like even London, like that's similar to New York. So it'll be interesting how you find it going back of like, is it going to be too stressful? Like you'll probably miss the slow pace of Tulum and it will kind of make you realize like, maybe where you want to live. Like that's what I found when, before I moved here of like coming to Atlanta all the time. Um, it made me realize like, I think I want a bit of a slower home life. It doesn't mean I don't love New York. It means like, I think I want day to day to not feel stressed all the time. And then I can go and visit those places and really enjoy what they have to offer. Yeah. You're right. And I think for me, I'm going through that same thing as like, I'm realizing I want a slower pace of life too. And I would love to be near a beach or near nature. But at the same time, I need to have like certain things around me. And this will also tie into later in the topic, like the things that we like and that we fund our lifestyles and the things that we've become accustomed to. Like, I just really miss everything is very basic in Tulum. Mm -hmm. And that's not a bad thing. Like it was so beautiful to be able to live like that. But sometimes I just miss like, like a gym or, you know, like even a co-working space that has like really good Wi-Fi mm-hmm. or um, a spa. Like I can't no, even. I get that, babe. Like, yeah. My- oh my God. I missed my fucking Aveda products when I was in Tulum for only a month. I just missed like those little luxuries, like shopping and being able to get Amazon delivered really like hair products, like getting my fucking nourishing stuff from Aveda because like, yeah, yeah, like salt and sand and sea is gorgeous, but it fucks your hair up. Like it dries the living daylights out of your hair. And it's just like to be able to like go to a grocery store and just buy the food that you like to buy, for example, like just those like conveniences. And I say that I've, I've had a few of my clients that live in Tulum and they don't realize the final flight they're in, in Tulum. And it's like, you have to understand with Tulum, like you are in a third world country, you know, like you are in final flight when you are there. It's you don't, if you have grown up in a first world country, like London, that's not a country, but you know what I mean? Like the UK, when you go to somewhere like Tulum, like, no, it doesn't necessarily, like, you wouldn't think it's a third world country, but it is like your nervous system isn't used to that style of living. So it's actually really stressful for your system. It's really interesting when I've seen clients leave Tulum or like when they're in Tulum and like, they feel like X, Y, and Z is happening for them. And I, cause I'm so intuitive. I'm like, you need to fucking leave Tulum, but they get so attached to like what Tulum is. Oh my God, Tulum's a fucking portal, blah, 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 blah. And then they leave Tulum and all these things start happening to them. I'm like, yeah, because you finally feel fucking safe. Oh my God. I cannot wait to see what happens. I think the exact same thing is going to happen. Like I've said a million times, like my man is the only thing that's keeping me here. Like Mm. there is literally nothing else keeping me here. I haven't even met nice girls, like nothing. Yeah. So it's like, I should have left a long time ago, but obviously when you're like having the most beautiful experience, you don't want to leave it. Of course. Um, Don't. Yeah. But it is, I don't feel safe a lot of the time and I can't just go for a walk on my own. Like this morning we were walking, like he comes with me every morning, Mm. which is amazing. But he said to me, oh, there's a guy following us. And I turned around and I was like, oh yeah, like I noticed that he was there before. And he doesn't, he didn't say anything. Like he doesn't communicate a lot. So I was like, uh, you know, I said to him, do you ever feel like, oh, when you see someone following you, that there could be an issue? And he kind of laughed and was like, no, babe, you, you're tapped in. You know when it's safe and when it's not safe. And I was like, okay, but I kind of don't because like yeah. ne- very, like very unusual for in the UK unless it's late at night to feel like you have to be worried about who's following you. And that was just another thing that was like, what if mm-hmm. I move here and I'm here with my dog? I want to take her out for an hour every day or two mm-hmm. morning and evening. And it's like, I can't walk around these places where there's construction workers everywhere and they look at you and they've never seen a white, they call me Guerra, which is like, blondie he's like I'm like I'm not even blonde he's like yeah but you're white with blue eyes and like it's just Mm. like a lot for people here to take on board and I and now you're saying it I'm like 
you are exp- explaining exactly why I don't feel great. It's because like I'm leaving and I cannot wait to go home. I miss my friends. I miss my family. I miss yeah. my dog more than life itself. But I'm leaving behind someone that is incredible. But it's like, okay, I'm going to come back. But I don't, I've told him this. I don't want to live here. I, I can't live yeah. here. And I definitely, should we ever get to the point of raising a family? I don't, mm. don't want to do that into him. So before I guess we go into that in like too much yeah. more detail, the main thing about this episode we were going to talk about, which I think ties into this really nicely, is that you and me are blessed that we can hop on a plane, right? right. That you guys can hop on a plane and go to Europe, that you can go to New York for the week. Mm-hmm. I can fly to and back from New York. I'm paying double rent right now. My rent in London mm-hmm. is like thousand dollars a month haven't even stepped foot in it for like mm-hmm. five months we're in a very lucky position to be able to do that mm-hmm. we understand that we are privileged but we also understand that we work fucking very hard, hard. Mm-hmm. okay so maybe we should just give people a tiny back story yeah. or like a 10 second 20 second rundown over like how we got to where we are now and like we don't need to share like how much money we earn but like you know just ex- help to explain to people yeah. like where we are at in the in the business world. I think that's I think that's a good idea. And I want to quickly say before that, Louise, of like I am such a fucking big believer, especially now with my amazing relationship of like, if it is meant to be with your man, it is going to fucking be. Like if a man wants to be with you, he will move and like this man, like he's a good one, right? He will move fucking mountains with you. Now I know but the Mex- like for Mexicans to get visas into America, it is like near impossible. Like it is just like they do not want to let Mexicans in, like full stop. So that's obviously a hard one. UK, I don't know if that's different. Different places in Europe could be different. If there is a will, there is always a fucking way. So like for everyone, it's like do not just lose sight of the person that you're in love with if they want to be with you. I mean, I, when I told people that I was leaving New York, people just, my parents were not fucking sold. My friends were not sold in the beginning because from the day we left New York when I was little, all my parents ever fucking heard was me moving back. So for me to only be there for a year properly and then to go, I'm moving to Atlanta. My parents were like, what the actual fuck is she on? Like what? They didn't believe it. Right. Um, but I did that for the man that I love and I would do it a million times over because he is home. So if a man fucking loves you, he will move for you. And the only reason in case anyone asks, my boyfriend didn't move to New York is that he has his two big dogs. We can't have four dogs in an apartment in New York. We would have needed a four-bedroom place in New York by two-bedroom place, which was already fucking huge for New York size, um, but, like, small for other people. It, it was too much for the two of us there when we were there anyway. Add two more big dogs, fucking impossible, and his job was in Atlanta. So that was on option. Um, okay, so jumping Wait, into... Just, I'm going to yeah. say one more thing on that, which is I couldn't agree with you more. He's like, he... he, 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 he He's basically said, like, if you, you know, if, if it's not here, we'll go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I'll come to London. Like, you're right. He said that. So I do, I am just trusting, like, if it's meant to be, it will be. I think I just need to go home and recalibrate and just process yes. off five fucking months. I came here for two weeks. I'm here five months later and I've, like. Hey, five months. Holy fuck. Yeah. What the fuck? Wow. <laughs> but also, like just so beautiful for you, right? Like what a healing experience for you to have. I mean, and if that's all that relationship is like fucking amazing, right? Of like what a healing experience. I have goosebumps that you, like you got to experience wholeheartedly for a really decent amount of time. A man, I have so many goosebumps that fucking (sighs) loves and adores you and treats you the way that you deserve to be treated. Like that is now your new standard going home to London or wherever you go, wherever you go in the world, please move to the US, um, wherever you go in the world, like that is like move to the South and men here are great. That is your, that is your new standard, right? That is your new fucking standard. And for everybody listening, like that's the fucking standard, right? Good men only. Um, okay. So let's get onto the topic. All right. So how we got here, do you want to go first? Uh, you go first. Okay. Um, so I am 25 just to put an age thing into it. Um, so I'm pretty young. I, was privileged and then I grew up in what people would think was a perfect household and I love that because it's like we also have trauma everybody has fucking trauma even if you grew up grew up, grew up with a great family um I haven't finished my uni degree was not like I was a good student and then I applied myself but like I just could never 
like focus that well. And that like, if someone tells me to study something, I would just be like, fuck you, shut up. I don't want to study this. It bores me. But if someone, but if I'm interested in studying something, I will literally stay up until 4am learning every fucking detail and reading, reading every Google Scholar article I can find about, about, about a certain topic. So long story short, how I started my business was getting my period back. Um, actually started as a recipe developer initially. And then my, on my food blog, I was talking about getting my period back. And at the time, nobody on Instagram was really talking about periods. Like there'd be people talking about hormones, but like they'd use all those like, you know, um, kind of softer words, like hormone imbalance. And I would just be like, period. Like I would just say the fucking word. So that made it me really relatable. And then my business basically snowballed. And now I have a business where I make seven figures at least every year and obviously growing. And uh, I don't have like a huge team or anything. Um, I work a lot. I don't kill myself with my job. I put my relationship first. But yes, I am the breadwinner and I make a lot of money. So that's me. Love that. So same for me in terms of childhood, like privileged upbringing, well-educated, et cetera, et cetera, but opposite in terms of you in like, I was a slave to the system from a young age. Like I studied so much. I had to get straight A's. I put so much pressure on myself. It's like a big part of my personality trait that Mm -hmm. has come through later in life, like a fear of not being good enough. So kind of straight A's in everything I ever did, went to university, became a lawyer um, hated that, but obviously kind of ticked the box on doing it. Then I um, was approached by a gym over here in London, which if anyone's listening to this on Monica's podcast is like the equivalent of a Barry's boot camp or a soul cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were like the first one to market. So very cool, called One Rebel, like insanely cool interiors and stuff like that. They told me to jump ship, join them as head of brand and marketing did that. Then I set up um, an agency, scaled that um, up to near seven figures a year as well. Not quite though. Um, and but you're then- in pounds also. So let's just remember there's an exchange rate here. True, I'm true. talking dollars. So you have, you have scaled to like seven figures in US dollars. Yeah, true. Um, and then shut that down because I basically nearly had a mental breakdown by doing it. Um, and then now I'm... <laughs> I fucking love you. <laughs> I mean, it's literally the truth. <laughs> Then I am now in this like insanely blessed position, which I never really talk about because um, weirdly, and we should talk about this in another episode, Mm. I have some shame around it, which is that I now make six figures a year, but I um, hardly work, if I'm honest. Mm. I really, like, I probably work one or two days a week. Um, I live literally the dream life, like making money, working, um, doing some very high paid consultancy work and doing some writing. So yeah, we are kind of on the same wavelength that we both are in a financially very strong position. A lot of it has been created by us. Um, Mm -hmm. And we can really do whatever we want. We can go wherever we want. We can buy whatever we want. And what we're going to talk about today is how to own that in a relationship and how to handle it. Mm -hmm. So I think we're coming at this from a really interesting angle because my man and also my last boyfriend um, I made a lot more money than them. When I was younger, my boyfriends made a lot more money than me because they were like traders, investment bankers. But as I've got older and as I've kind of realized the importance of that more like emotional connection, I felt like I tended to go towards men who do not make as much money as me. Mm. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how you've navigated it. You have so much knowledge in this field. I'm more of like the pawn in this game, which is that it's something that I'm going through right now. Like I can hop on a $3,000 flight back to the UK and come back. Flights my flights. Like yeah. I will say, Louise, I have, like, we can spend money on flights, whatever. We're thinking about going back to Australia for Christmas because I've been back in two or three years for Christmas. And I looked up the flights for, and I like, here, this is like what I've been able to create for myself. Right. And like, again, we are self-made, right? Daddy didn't give me any fucking money. We are self-fucking made. We are hardworking women. Yes. We were handed a good hand when we were younger, but like we chose to use that good hand. And I know people that were also, there's people in my family that were also handed a very, very good hand and have not used the very, very good hand. So, and that's a whole other topic conversation. Anyway, point being is the flights to Australia, the first class, 17 thousand us dollars i used to fly to new york return to australia nine thousand aussie dollars six six and a half thousand us i just looked at these flights and i was like what the actual fuck like there comes a point where i'm like so wait for two of us to fly first class to australia 
I can't even do the math on that one. I'm not very good at finance, like math. I'm like, what, like, what is that? Like 50 something thousand? Is that? No, 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 no. That would be like, what would it be? I know. It's just like, it's, it's a lot of money and it's more money than most people listening to this would ever. $34,000. And I'm just like, what the actual, like, then I, that, that, so like, I'm still not done with, we're not done with our money, right? Like there comes a point where I'm like, that's actually fucking stupid, but yeah. that is our situation. So yes, we are the breadwinners. And I think a lot of, I know, not I think, I know a lot of women are the breadwinners these days. It's very common now for women to be making more money than men. Um, you know, if, if a woman finds a talent, we can become very, very good at it. We are very talented human beings. And a lot of women are discovering their natural ability to like help people. Like we naturally are helpers and healers. So when we tap into that, we can really excel and make a lot of money in a field. And it's a new area, right? Because it's like, okay, well, how do we navigate the whole masculine and feminine thing when, you know, the woman's making more money, but I want him to feel like he's the provider. And I want to feel like he's the one providing and protecting, but I'm the one that has to make the money. So many women are struggling with this and it creates like resentment fights all these things on both ends of the spectrum um so I'm excited to talk about this with you today yeah me too and I feel that it's something that I'm going through right now which is that for example uh, we're going away next week okay Mm -hmm. so I am a self-admitted hotel snob like I love I just I just love nice I get it I send my boyfriend nice hotel all the time like take me here like (laughs) yeah exactly all the time let's do this and for me it's like, you talk about this a lot on your podcast and in your work is that mm-hmm. I always like to level up. Like mm-hmm. I'm in an environment that is like leveled up. I know that it's going to help my, like getting to my goals, helping me getting the life that I want, et cetera, et cetera. So I will always spend money for a better experience. Like you will never see me slumming it anywhere. I really just like don't. And the same thing with flights. Like I don't, I never have flown first class, but I will always fly in the top class that I can afford at that period because Mm -hmm. I know that I will have more comfort. I will get more work done. I will get off the plane. I won't lose 12 hours sleep from jet lag the other side. And these are things that I also learned from you is that like, you're not actually just paying like $5,000 for the ticket. You're paying for the lost time, like in economy, for example, or you're paying for the lost time when you get off the flight. And again, I know this might be triggering for some people who are not at this point in their career and they might be like, this is literally mental that you are talking about these things. But this is just our Wait, for those people, please see this as like an expansive conversation. Like yeah, exactly. take your ego out of it. See this as like, whoa, this is how I can think about it. And I want to get to a place in my career and my life where this is how I now see things. Sorry, continue, Louise. No, I think that is so important. You know, this is an expansive conversation. You are yeah. right. Um, so we're going away next week and it's like, right, we need to drive there. So I want the Jeep Wrangler, obviously the most mm-hmm. expensive car that you can rent together. And I want to go to the most expensive hotel where we're going because I want to have the most epic experience. Yeah. Now, when you add those two things together, it's expensive. It's also expensive for, and, and I want to say caveat, my boyfriend has a great job. Okay. Mm-hmm. But he has a great job in Mexico where mm-hmm. what they pay in pesos is vastly different to the types of salaries that you would be making in a big city. Then on top of that, you and I obviously make probably more than the average person. Not probably, definitely more than the average person. We are definitely in the, you know, top percent. Yeah. And particularly for you, you make more money than me. I also just want to caveat that, that I am not in Monica's, Monica's ball game right now, but I will be one day because she's an expander. Yeah. Um, So yeah. And then we're in this awkward position where it's like okay do I pay for all of it do I pay Mm. for a portion of it do we split it blah 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 but and we're going to get into this but one thing that you have taught me is that just because your man doesn't provide 100% in the financials doesn't mean that he can't provide in other masculine ways so the thing about my boyfriend is he is yes he makes less money than me but he is the most masculine, strong, reliable, stable, sexy fucking man I've ever met in my life. And on top of that, not only is he an emotional pillar of masculinity for me to, to rely on, but every single day he makes me breakfast. It's the most incredible. He, he cooks so amazing. He helps me with my law. He, he just like does all these things that should be feminine. But for some reason, it's like, fucking sexy and he's like I'm doing this because your power is in working and doing what you do and I'm oh. here to, yeah support you to be the best that's like, that's like my boyfriend he does the same thing of like we had a conversation wait have you sorry keep going Louise if there's anything more no, to say I have nothing else to say other than that I feel, feel like most people would traditionally think that that's like emasculating like ooh, your boyfriend's doing the laundry and I think that would have been me before I would have been like ooh, mm-hmm. like go to work and make 
six, seven figures, whatever. Like, just what are you doing? But as I've learned to lean into, it also allows me to be more feminine and more soft and more sexy. And I've learned all of these things from you. So over to you. Okay. First thing is, we're coming back to the first class and I want to make an expansive comment for it. So like with these Australia flights, for example, when I'm texting my mom, like she knows this, there is no option of of us flying economy. Like if my boyfriend was like, I want to fly economy, like whatever, he doesn't want to fly, fly, fly economy. And the reason why, and I used to fly economy. The reason why I don't is because I have played with it before where I have flown economy because like there wasn't a first class seat available or whatever. And I want to kill myself on the flight because I obviously know what I'm missing out on. But more importantly, like when you're running an important business and when you have an important job, let's say for example, a flight to Australia, if I do not sleep on that flight, I am not only losing the time on that flight, I am losing about four days afterwards where I am a grumpy bitch. My digestion is even more messed up from the flight because I haven't slept, which makes me crankier. I don't feel sexy. I don't want to show up online. I don't make any money. I don't want to do any client calls. I've got to move every every fucking client call out of the way. Like the cascade effect is so much more expensive than paying for that amount of time. And people, people have a bad habit of like being like, oh, it's, let's say like $17,000 for 14, a 14 hour flight. No, 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 no. You're not paying just for the 14 hours. You're paying for all of the things that you get and don't have to endure from like, let's say economy seat. That's also included in that price. So just like, remember that when we're talking about expanders. Okay. Going on to your point. So this is one time my boyfriend and I were having a conversation as we were navigating this new world, right? That we had gotten ourselves into where I make a lot more money than him. And he still has like great job, great salary, like whatever, all the things makes more than the average person, but no, he's not making seven figures a year. He also doesn't have the same pressures that you have of running your own business, right? Like the pressures that you get with running your own business is different to working for somebody else. And exactly what you were saying, Louise, we were having, he said to me something like, I can't remember what exactly he said, but basically I was thinking, and I was thinking about how... I can explain to him what I need from him in order for me to be able to feel supported and provided for by him in other ways other than money. So I was sharing with him on a, pl- on a plane, actually, one time, I remember it. I, I said to him something like, so, so that you understand, when I feel stressed because I have to monitor things that you could be doing for me, that means that I take my energy away from my business. I don't show up online. And I know this is a new world for you to understand, but like, I don't make that sale. For example, like I don't make the $500 on the quick evergreen programs that people would buy if I posted a few slides or I said a few things or because I'm stressed because of X, Y, and Z things, I don't then do an Instagram live or because I have to do the laundry or run these errands or whatever. I can't do X, Y, and Z. And therefore people haven't signed up to a program. And when he started to see, I I would give him examples. So what I would do is he'd be like, one morning he was like, okay, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z for you so that you could just get into your creative flow. And I was like, whoa, where is this coming from? But I loved it. Right. So I got into my flow and he started to see the examples where he would do things for me, take things off my plate. And I would do some Instagram stories, X, Y, and Z. And then like three sales would come through and I would share with him. I'd be like, so babe, you know how you just took an hour off my plate? I did this. And now look at my phone. And so he started to be able to see like, oh, so she makes money very easily, especially when she's not stressed. So his whole thing now is like how, like the way that he really, one of the ways that he provides is by taking things off my plate because it's like, she can make money so easily if she has less on her plate because she can be in her creative flow. But when I'm not taking things off her plate, she's more stressed about now. Like, because you got to remember when you're in a relationship, it's a whole new factor of time that you didn't have before when you were single, right? So you do lose time on like, you know, working for your business when you're in your relationship. And that can be really stressful. And I was finding that in the beginning of our relationship because we were like inseparable from the beginning. So it wasn't like it was a slow burn into it. We'd see each other like once a week for like a date or whatever. So I was finding it very stressful. And in the beginning of the relationship, I started making less money. I really dipped in my income a little bit, like not obviously immensely compared to most people, but I dipped a little bit and I was struggling to understand why. Cause I was like, but I'm in this new relationship. Like I'm so happy, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, well, you're stressed and you just don't have the same amount of time to be able to show up. Now that I have that time back again, like I'm making more money than I have because obviously the energy is there, but he is providing in taking things off my plate. 
So little things like if I have to run an errand, he'll grab them and be like, I'll do it on my way back from work. I'm going to take this errand. And I'll be like, no, babe, I'm really happy to do it. No, I'm doing it. Or like if I'm really busy with work, he will organize dinner. I am the cook, I will say. Like he doesn't really, he hates cooking. So he hasn't grown up knowing how to cook. But some mornings he'll be like, you stay in bed and you can't come down until I say. And then when he eventually like, he's like, okay, you can come down now. Like the other morning he did this. He's like, made me breakfast. And like, for example, when he does that, it's like, he's not a cook at heart. So when he does that, that means a lot for me. Um, so kind of on what you were saying on that note with like the providing, I just wanted to like jam on that. And that doesn't apply to everybody, of course, but in terms of like running your own business, um, I think that's a really important question to ask yourself of like, okay, what do you actually need in order to make what I basically asked myself that day on the plane, what do I need in order to easily make money? And it was like, okay, I have all these new stresses on my plate where it's like, have these flights been booked? Have these things been done? Have these things been done? That would be in my like type A head where when I explained that to him, he was like, oh, so literally I just have to like communicate with you all the things that I've done and that takes it off your plate and then you're stress-free. I'm like, that's literally all you have to do. So you know, like even this morning, you know, we have a lot to do today. And he like texted me this morning being like, okay, I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Then I'm going to be home at 11.50. Then we're going to jump on the mortgage broker call X, Y, and Z because he's learned that when he tells me his plan, my brain isn't like, wait, is he going to be home for this? What's he doing here? Blah, blah, blah. We have a shared calendar, all these kind of things that allow both of us to um, have less stress on our brains so we can be more in flow with each other. Oh, I love that it comes back to the point of communication because going off on a slight tangent here, which probably isn't a tangent at all, actually, is that for me, and I think this is really interesting, is that he will provide like a lot outside of the bedroom, right? So with the mm-hmm. cooking and the cleaning and all of that, like he fixed, like yesterday, the all the scooters broke down. So he like went to the mechanic and he will That's literally it. everything, literally to the point that I feel like I'm being lazy because my mom has mm-hmm. really feel like, if you're not doing like you're being lazy and then so I have to have these conversations with him saying you know as when get going into this it makes me feel you know either this feels good or this feels bad but my my communication point is that I want him to take the lead be dominant in the bedroom I need that masculinity back in full force in the bedroom. And that is something that I've had to communicate because I feel like for me, it's like, I can let you provide outside, but in the bedroom, I need you just to be like the strong, like the strong one in my head, if that makes sense. And that's not saying that he's not strong outside of the bedroom, but it's just that I'm having this huge confliction, which is that my whole life, I have been led to believe that your man, the man of the household, like my father should be the patriarchal, head figure of the family that makes all the money, makes all the decisions. Mm-hmm. For me, and it'll be interesting to know what your family dynamics like, because for me... Mine's the same as yours. Yeah, and my mum is like the provider, so maternal, like household caregiver, etc. Yeah. This has been a very hard journey for me to get my it head around. It is challenging, Louise. We, I'm not, I'm like, I am not going to sugarcoat this shit. I'm not people, I don't want people to think that I'm in like this perfect relationship. Like, like not last week like we've had our moments where he's said to me and like we always have very loving conversations around this because it's sensitive for both of us where he's said to me like I can feel when you're not trusting me with like money stuff or when you're like you know your eyebrows being raised about like a money thing like I can feel that and then I'll start getting upset because it's like I don't want to feel that like I don't want you to feel that but like I'm also navigating this whole new area where this has been my money for three years. I've never, I have not been in the last three, four years. I really, I, I haven't been, none of my boyfriends have I ever like given my bank account details to. N- none of my boyfriends have ever known how much I spend or, you know, I was, I've never been in a relationship where I was the one always paying. All my previous like serious relationships, they were always the ones paying because my business hadn't took off yet. Or, you know, it was like at a point where it was like half, half or whatever the fuck, or like not to the point where they knew the amount of money that I was making. And I do want to preface, like, it is really hard for men and it's really hard for us in a different way. Like it is hard for me in the way of like, I don't want him to feel certain ways. And it's hard for me in that I want him to be their provider 
but I am the one that's technically the financial provider. And it's hard for him because he wants to be the provider, but he knows that technically he isn't the one that's the provider. And we've had conversation before of like, you know, I don't want to feel, excuse me, I don't want to feel the pressure of I have to make the money because sometimes that pressure feels like a lot. And that, that conversation, for example, we've had before of like, you know, I don't want that pressure on my shoulders of like, I have to make the money. And he's actually said to me, that pressure is never on your shoulders. It is just that it is easier for you to make money. So that's how like, I'm supporting you right now because you enjoy working. And he said to me, if there's ever a point in time where you want to stop working. So for example, if I just want to like shut everything down, just be a mom and garden all day, he's like, then that's fine. I would go and work like I would he, he works but like I would then pick everything up and I'd be the full provider and that and that would be on me so that's also I think a really important conversation for you to have in your relationship where it's like you as a woman need to feel like it <clears throat> sorry I don't know what's happening you need to feel as a woman like if shit hit the fan he would be the one to go become like the garbage collector like no shame on that job to make ends meet and we, we've had that conversation and he's always been like yes like i would never make you work more if she was being the fan i would be the one that always does that guys i'm so excited to announce that queen alchemy is back it is open for the last round of the year it is my signature program for healing all the fucking trauma that you have being in that feminine embodiment being able to receive more and doing that deep deep healing work it is unlike any other program out there Go and look at the testimonials, the screenshot versions, and also the written testimonials on the website page. This program is for everyone. If you have any questions about it, you can send me a DM. We start um, at the very, very beginning of August. So you need to enroll now. Do not wait. There are limited spaces and fuck waiting until like next year in at the, till the end of February to change your life and heal your trauma. If you heal your trauma and you heal the root of that stuff, your whole life is going to change. And I want to preface, this is not like other programs where it's just like, oh, journaling, like mindset, feminine embodiment. No, it is healing the deepest, deepest parts of yourself. And there are, I don't even know how many hours there are of like trauma calls. It is, we have seven trauma calls over the seven weeks that go for two hours each then we also have 14 mini trauma calls that you can come to as well so you literally have the opportunity to do 28 hours of deep trauma healing with me plus the kajabi portal full of all of the lessons and the teachings that will also help you to integrate and embody everything into your life so you know if you want to join do not miss out on another round because this program is just the bee's knees and it is honestly unlike any other program out there just back to your question before Louise of like so who pays for like the holiday right of like you want the bougie hotel you want the bougie car x y and z so something that we do um is a couple of things and this is really this is really um individual and like your relationship with and for listeners and stuff of like you need to ask what makes you feel as a woman like you're being provided for and what makes him feel like he is a provider. So a little thing that we do, for example, so I haven't gotten my SSN yet in the US. It's a whole fucking shitstorm. Anyway, point being is I still have Australian credit card. So I pay on international fees on everything. So now I use my boyfriend's credit card for everything, all my handbags, all my things. Like it doesn't matter. I don't ask him to spend the money. It's my money anyway, like everything. And he spends on the same card right? And um, that's an example where it's like, he actually feels, even though technically like half of that, like I pay for, like, that's like my shit, like handbags. And then the us stuff he pays for. Um, So the us stuff, like food, shopping, date, like dates, like all that kind of stuff he will pay for and his stuff. But then all of like the big expenses I will pay for. So two points on this. Number one, even though like, you know, in Paris, I've bought three Celine handbags. They're all on his credit card. So he actually kind of feels like he's buying the handbags, for example, because he has to put the credit card down. He has to put his passport Mm -hmm. down to get the tax back. And even though we know it's technically my money, that energy exchange in that moment feels really sexy for me. And it also feels, and actually it was funny. Something kind of came up where it's like, but I want to buy my own handbags. I was like, that's interesting. Like, I didn't even want to let him 
you know, it was like, okay, that's the interesting thing. It's like, I didn't even want to necessarily let him, even though it is my money. Um, and then he also feels like the provider. And then on the other side of that as well, um, what we do, and I give this to my clients as well, that also were in this situation and they find it really helpful is, um, and what works for us and like our money dynamic is I pay for all of the fun aesthetic things. So women, we want, we, we are more excited to pay for like the handbags, the hotels, the adventures, like all of the pretty things, right? I don't want to pay for fucking socks, insurance, groceries. Like I don't want to pay for like the dog food or like the electricity bill, like boring, ew, does not turn me on. But for guys, they want to pay for like the insurance, the electricity, but like all those man things. So we also find that really helpful. Like I'll put down, you know, $5,000 for the accommodation because I want a certain bougie accommodation, right? But then he will pay for the health insurance and the dog food and the fucking like, I don't know, petrol, like that shit where I'm like, I don't want to pay for that. And generally speaking, it adds, it also like, is a kind of good balance because those things often cost a lot less than spent than those big expenses. Right. But I am excited to pay for those big expenses because I want them. Mm. Um, and if you're running a business, they can often also go through a business as well. So it's kind of like that comes into it and that comes into play too. And then on the other side with the provider is like that doing action is also like really important to them. So I don't book my flights ever. I don't ever book the hotel. I don't ever confirm the hotel, liaise with the hotel. I never pay for a date. I never do any of those action steps. So whilst, for example, when we were in Europe, like, you know, I paid for the hotels, well, like my business did. He's the one that booked all of them. His name is on all of them. His credit card goes down for all of them. Like I was saying before, he's the one that checks us in. He's the one that checks us out. He's the one that, you know, like speaks about like, we need X, Y, Z in the room when we arrive. I don't do anything. So I am feeling like he's always taking the lead in that area as well. And again, like I was saying before, it takes a load off my plate. I don't want to spend an hour in the middle of my day choosing a hotel, booking it, organizing it. Like, fuck that. I have a podcast to record or I have, you know, like emails to reply to or like way better things to be doing than doing that. But he likes to do that because he's then feeling like he's organizing the holiday. So those little things as well are really good. Even like really small examples, the way that people, people always forget about the small things. Like, you know, you can see up there, like one of the tall cabinets above the fridge. Like I will ask him to pull down the chair instead of getting a chair and standing on it because he then feels like he's helping me and that he's providing in that moment. Or for example, like he will always, um, like, you know, when we're in like a really busy crowd, he will grab me around the back of my neck to so be like, I've got you. So people, so that he is like the protector, right? Like not even like a hand holding situation in like those really busy scenarios. It's like a, I fucking got you grabbing. Like that's, that's protecting. Um, another little example is like the driveway is really hard to like maneuver and get out of. So often he'll like pull the car out for me, even though I can fucking do it. It takes me longer than him just doing it. So he'll just do it for me. And then he feels like he's provided. Um, another example is like, it was thunderstorming the other night and I had to drive somewhere and he was like, please be careful. Please like text me when you get there, like blah, blah, blah. And that's him wanting to protect me. It's not that he, it's not that I'm not an independent woman and like, let him do that. Right. Don't then shut that down and be like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like stop being fucking annoying or whatever. Don't shut it down. Receive that compliment. He is telling you in that, in that sentence, how much he loves and adores you and that he doesn't want you to fucking get in a car accident. Like that's what he's saying in that. So all people always forget like those little tiny things are also um, beautiful ways to like let him still be that provider and protector. And the really important thing I would say to women is that you need to feel like it is easy for you to make the money and that you don't have like you don't have this pressure of like, I have to be the one to work hard because I don't feel that. I don't feel like I have to be the one that works hard because I love working and it's very much in flow and it's very easy for me. Work becomes hard when there's a lot on my plate. So even as an example, Louise, I've had all these like accounting issues, whatever, because my business is everywhere and I've got accounts everywhere, whatever. And um, I just like can't deal with my accountants. Like they do my fucking head in. They don't do a good job, whatever. So he took... Um, he took it into his own hands. He has done all of the meetings for the past X amount of months. He has sent all the bank statements, organized everything, done everything with them. And now the accounts are finally fucking done after six months, right? And I didn't have to deal with one meeting. I didn't have to get my fucking panties in a twist. It gets me so stressed out, these accountants, because I just want to scream at them and punch their head in. 
And I didn't have to deal with it because he did it all for me. And like the stress that that took off my plate is huge. So he's helping me with a lot of those logistics and everything now in my business and like the backend things and systems and all those like IT things. Like you saw when I'm getting on the call and like the fucking sound isn't working. And like he helps with all of those things with me now. So I feel way less stressed about those situations, even to the point of when I have to run like a, um, like, oh my God, he's a really good example. So when we got, people don't think about these little examples for their partner. When we got to Rome um, from Greece, our bags didn't make it. And even not even our carry-on bags made it. So they took our carry-on bags and made us check them. And I had um, an important call for one of my programs. And it was like the first call of the, the round or whatever. And I had no clothes no clothes, no makeup, no skincare. And so I was livid. I was so upset. I was so pissed. So when we got to Rome, none of our bags made it. Um, no skincare, X, Y, and Z, like I was saying. And I said to him, I said, I'll just make do like whatever. It doesn't matter. And he's like, no, I don't want you to make do. I want you to write down every fucking thing that you need. The bougiest thing Like you will get your fucking Valentino dress if you need it so that you feel, because he now gets, I have to feel in tip top shape to do a good job. He gets that now for you to feel in tip top fucking shape for this call. So I find a Zimmerman, right? But it's about to close in like 10 minutes. I find a Zimmerman and um, I love Zimmerman. It fits my body shape. Like it's just easy. I know there's stuff there, whatever. Um, it's about to close in 10 minutes. So what does he do? He phones Zimmerman and is like, my my like my girlfriend, Monica, she's actually VIP in Soho. We're 30 minutes away. I know you close in 10 minutes. She has this important call. Is there any chance you can pull things for her and stay open? They stayed open an hour past and we stayed in there for an hour. And I was like, I just was, you know, like you're not in the mood to shop. Like you're just in a fucking grumpy mood. I was in a grumpy mood. So he runs around the store. He's pulling every fucking thing that he thinks I like or that he likes for me to try on. And long story short, we bought a bunch of things left. He then took me to Sephora because they have some natural, they have like Ilya there and some natural like skincare because I don't use any toxic stuff. Went there, bought everything I needed. Bones St. Regis, we need his hair straightener, we need a curling wand, X, Y, and Z, we need a gluten-free place for dinner, we need this food for takeout. We get to the hotel, he like fully steps up the whole situation, like to the point of like moving flowers, put a cute hand bag in the backdrop. Like he will set up my space for these calls so that I don't have to waste any time doing that. And he's like, just get into your zone, like let's go meditate, like put some music on, like you do you. Like even those little things where you let your man like set up the space for an important call, whether it's a conference call, whether it's, you know, an outfit that you need to choose, like let him help you in those areas. Because in that moment, for example, Louise, like he felt that that had nothing to do with money, right? And he was completely feeling like the provider and the protector who's protecting me from having a meltdown, like in that moment. Um, so all of those little examples, I feel like we can lean into. So like even for the hotel, like he can book the hotel, but you're the one that pays for it. He books the restaurant, but you're the one that paid for it. He organizes like what you want to have in the room for when you guys arrive. He, like, even though you pay for the car, he drives, like I'll pay for a rental car sometimes uh, if I want a really bougie one. Um, but I never fucking drive the car. Like I got us a, um, I don't know what car it was. I can't remember. Was it Audi or something? I don't know. In Greece, but it was a manual. I can't drive a manual. So I couldn't even drive that car if I fucking wanted to. But he had food poisoning when we arrived. And I was like, you know what? We need a fucking bougie car. Got the car, but like, I can't even fucking drive it. Like all of those little things. And then you get to actually enjoy the pleasure of the money without having to execute on it. You don't even have to like do anything masculine. You get to just like pay and then like bathe in it. You don't even have to fucking like lift a suitcase. Like that is a vibe. That is so epic. I feel like you have just changed my entire position on like everything. This has been so insanely valuable. And I think that my key takeaway from this is about having a partner who is receptive to this. Because as you were talking, I was thinking back to a couple of boyfriends ago when I was like 26, I'm older than Monica, and I had this boyfriend who made a ton of money, um, worked in the city, but he was like super toxic, but his mm -hmm. masculinity was so toxic as well that to the point that when I started running my own business, he was basically like, you work too much, you know, the total mm -hmm. opposite of everything that you are describing. And I think a lot of people might be listening to this thinking like, fuck, well, like my boyfriend or my husband, whatever, hopefully not husband, you know, <laughs> would never be able to do that because he would be too mm. challenged by it. He would be too emasculated by it. And I do want to say, Louise, it is challenging for him. Like 
Like, okay. I don't want to sugarcoat that. I do not want anyone to think that, like, my boyfriend, like, isn't emasculated by it sometimes or isn't been challenged. He is challenged by it every day. We have had not fights about it. We have had discussions about it with a lot of compassion where he has expressed to me how hard it is for him. Mm-hmm. But we are learning. And, like, we say it to ourselves. We say it to each other, sorry, all the time of, like, we will always like embrace each other in this area with a learning hat because we are still fresh. We are still learning. And this is a challenging situation in different ways for both of us. So he is still challenged by it, but he is just learning the ways in which he feels like he's the provider and that he's adding to it. So like the example of the finances, for example, and getting that done, like in a way he's like added money to like he's like added money to the business, for example, like all of those little things. And like, there's just, there's so many ways that you can think about the way that your partner adds money and adds value to your life without it being like actual cash value, if that makes sense, like actual cash money. Yeah. I think that's what people need to think when you're kind of going through this situation is just repositioning what that monetary value looks like. It can come in so many different ways and being provided for, what you've just summarized so perfectly in today's episode is that you can be provided for in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. It's not just the traditional ways that we're brainwashed to think that if the man is not making more money than you, then, you know, that relationship is an embarrassment or whatever, you know, is doomed to fail because that is not the case. And I love, love, love what you've been saying about how you can you can pay, you can do the financial mm-hmm. like providing, but they can execute. So you can enjoy the pleasure of the money. And like you have already, that's changed how I'm going to deal with this situation. Yeah. I'm going to give him my credit card. Mm-hmm. You know, go, go ahead. Like this is the hotel I want. You pick the car, you sort the car, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not just the big things, like you said. Like, for example, when we go out on our mopeds, he will always pull my moped out. Like it's hard to get it out. Mm-hmm. It's heavy. Just like you said, with the car, of course I can do that. Like, of course I could do that myself. But the smallest act of him being like, no, babe, you stay there. I'm going to pull it out. I'm like, yeah. Like, oh, my God, love- babe. Louise, like, oh, my God. Sometimes he will say things like, you know, your arms are just not made for this. Like, he said it in, like, a funny way, right? But, like, just, like, such, like, feminine mass, like, so, like, dom, like, sub-dom. And, like, some people that are, like, not secure enough would, would be, like, so triggered by this. But you know, even like, um, when we're waiting for our suitcases, right. He will like carry every fucking suitcase, like to the point of like, sometimes carrying my handbag as well. So I have nothing in my hands. It's like, you just, your hand, like your arms just aren't made for this. Like you just can't carry the suitcase. And it's just, I love it because like, I, you know, like I can fucking carry my own suitcase. I did it for years. Like, obviously I'm fine, but he just loves feeling like he's fully in his masculinity. Right. And that I'm like fully able to just enjoy whatever it is I'm doing. And I will say like, even when you give him and for any ladies to take this on board, even if when you give your partner your credit card, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy for him. Like my boyfriend still struggles every fucking day. He hates putting things on my credit card. And I like that. He said before, but he's actually said to me a number of times, but you love that I don't like it because you would hate if I enjoyed it. And it took me a while to understand it, but I was like, oh my God, yeah, of course I don't, of course I like that you don't like it because that would be like really concerning if you had no problem just spending my fucking money all day. Like it's, it's, that's also a good thing that he struggles in that. Um, So don't shame him for struggling in that because if he wasn't struggling, he's not much of a fucking man, right? Like it is going to be hard because he's a fucking man. If he's not a fucking man, then he wouldn't be struggling with it. Um, So he will find it challenging. He will find it. It is a new area that you have to play into. Um, And I think also just the most important thing as like to come back to as well um, that I've explained to, to guys before, even like guys that are my friends um, where I've paid for certain things. And then also like my boyfriend, I explained it to him in the beginning is the way that I would explain it is like, okay, so you know, you carrying my suitcases up 10 flights of stairs, for example, that to me is worth $3,000. You driving the three hour trip from the airport to the mountains, that's worth $3,000, whatever. I would just put, I would put monetary values on actions for him to understand how much I valued my time and how much I, how much, like how my brain kind of worked of that, like, of like, that is how much I do not want to do that thing. Like you doing my finances is like $20,000 that you just added to the business because that is how badly I don't want to do that. And I think that's a really helpful thing that every woman can use 
um, to help your partner to understand and kind of put a monetary value on the actions that they provide for you. I also think the other side of this is we've spoken a lot about like the um, giving, but I think that also as women in this dynamic that we're talking about, we need to learn to receive. And that's something Mm. that I found initially very challenging. And that is because historically I've been very in my masculine energy. I wasn't doing this work. I was grinding, hustling, blah, blah, blah. Now for me, when I'm the one to receive, I find it uncomfortable or I found it uncomfortable Mm. at the beginning. And that's what I said about, I feel lazy or I feel like I'm not doing anything. But actually, if if this is a dynamic that you are living with, you as the woman, you need to learn and lean into that receivership. Otherwise, yes. this work will never, ever work. Like, it's not just about the man being okay with it. It's also about the female being okay with it, right? Yes, and trusting your man with your money is is challenging. So you really have to practice some trust. And that's where communication is everything so that you feel like you can't trust him. And then the last thing I want to say is that it's also really important for you to understand that, that, that this does not mean that you are now the masculine in the relationship and you need to know how to switch off from work so that you can drop deeply back in your feminine at the end of the workday so that when he comes home and when you finish work, you are in your feminine and you are not still in like work mode masculine. Like I do not feel ever, ever, ever like I am the masculine in my relationship. I always feel like I'm the feminine, even though I am the one that will generally speaking work more hours and I am the one that like obviously makes more money and everything. I never, I feel bossed around and submissive as fuck and I love it. Mm. Yeah, you're so right. That delineation between work and play, so to speak, is critical. And I think it's something that we really struggle to in this society is to like actually switch off. And for you, you love to do the cooking, right? For me, I love for him to do the cooking, but I will be there present with him. Like I'll put on the music. Like I'll be the one that will like do the table or whatever, X, Y, Z, other things like that. And then in the evening, it'll be like, okay, well, we'll have a shower together or we'll have a bath together and then we'll spend time in bed. Like at no point there is there any work involved. And that for me is really, really hard. Like I have a brain. Yeah, constantly on, constantly thinking. It's so easy to pick up your fucking phone and just do an email when you're lying in bed. Like I'm also really bad that when I wake up in the morning, I pick up my phone and like, I know that is bad. Like I have to actively be like, no, I'm going to wake up with a gorgeous man next to me and I'm going to be present in this moment and be in my feminine and receive this love this morning rather than being like, okay, I'm awake, let's go. Emails, TikTok, Instagram, blur, blur. Yeah, that's something that we've actually very, very recently implemented. I don't get up. I never would start working in the bed, but he would. And actually last week, because it like became a little bit of a a tiff where I would start to get really amped and stressed at like 8am in the morning, which is not like me because I don't really sit down at my desk until 10.30, like 11 at the fucking earliest. Um, And so I had to, I had to say to him, I have a long morning routine. Like I take my fucking time, walk the dogs, do my Pilates, make breakfast, like you know, like I'm, I'm like fucking making bread on a Tuesday morning. Like that's what I do. Um, and I explained to him like the whole stress thing and how it makes me stress because my brain starts to go really fast and I'm not sitting at my desk and anyway. And, um, so now we don't have it anymore. And now it's like, if he wants to work, he goes and he gets into his workspace and he will work like outside of the bedroom. Um, and like, just, I think also that can be a really healthy thing where you need to have healthy boundaries around, work especially if you are the one that is maybe more a type or you're the one that's running the business or just even like take that example that I just used and put it into your own relationship um so that you feel more supported and and in flow and not resentful around work things with your partner yeah I love that and we could keep going for hours but I know hours. that we both that we need to go to so yeah. we're gonna probably wrap this up here but most of all thank you I feel like you've already just given it, it's it's yeah. not often that people give me the insights that change my life. I feel like normally I'm the one that's sharing all that I've learned. And honestly, the concept of provision and providing for versus execution, I think is like an absolute game changer. So I really hope that anyone that's listening to this that makes as much money or more money than their partner can literally come away from this episode like, holy fuck, wow, the whole dynamic of my relationship is going to change. And I think ultimately it makes your relationship so much sexier when you can be like, okay, this is your role. This is my role. We're going to communicate it and then we're going to put it into play. And, and Oh yeah. Like gender roles are so important. And like, we have that in our relationship of like, you know, I'm going to New York next week. When do you want to go to New York? 
I'll tell him, I'll tell him the thing. And then like, he would slit my throat if I booked those flights. Like, no, actually, but you know what I mean? Like, it is like, no, he books the flights. He books the hotel. Um, like even when he booked my hotel, I started looking up hotels. He's like, what are you doing? I was like looking up hotels so I can tell you the one that he wants to stay at. And he was like, no, daddy looks up the hotels and I bring you a short list. And I was like, oh my God. So he like brought me a short list and then told me the ones that I was allowed to stay at. And then I chose the one that I wanted to stay at and then he booked it. I'm like, that is just like sex to me. Yeah. That is sexy as fuck. And I think we'll wrap it up on that note. So, <laughs> um, Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please make sure that you tag Louise and I in your Instagram stories when you share it so that more women can listen and have their lives changed because this is a really important topic of conversation that I think a lot of women and men need to listen to. And this could also be a really good episode for men to listen to as well. Like for both sides, um, I think there's a lot of chicken nuggets in here that they can um, implement into their lives. I agree. I agree. Love you guys. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Guys, I hope that you loved that episode. We love doing these girl talk episodes. So if you have any recommendations or things you want us to talk about, please make sure that you send an email or a DM so that I can put that on the agenda. Um, like I said in the beginning of the of the episode, Queen Alchemy is officially open for enrollment the last time of this year. So if you know you want to join, please make sure that you do so. All the information that you need to know is on the website page. It speaks for itself and the testimonials speak for itself. I have three highlights on my Instagram, which is like 300 testimonials from the last nine rounds. Plus it used to be called my feminine as fuck mastermind. And then I kind of blended that with queen alchemy and now I just have queen alchemy. So I've done this program essentially, or like a version of it, I think 18 times. So you can rest assured that I know what I'm doing and you're going to get the results as long as you show up. Um, I really can't even explain how amazing this program is. If you're wanting to heal your trauma, you've probably heard me talk about it a million times on the podcast. This is the episode for you to be able to fully step into your feminine energy, to be able to embrace your sensuality and sexuality as a woman, to feel confident in yourself, to feel like you can speak your truth, draw boundaries and really be that high quality woman that you desire to be. Um, if you have any questions, let me know. I'm an open book so I can answer them for you. Just make sure that you get in quickly because there are limited spaces and it will close um, at the end of July. And I would hate for you to miss out and then have to wait till March next year to join again. March, February, February, March next year is kind of what I'm thinking. So um, with that, I'm going to let you guys have an amazing day. And as we said, please share the episode on your Instagram stories. A lot of you guys have been sharing my episodes lately. Um, I know the last few that I've posted have been very thought provoking. Um, and I've really appreciated all of those shares. So please continue to do so. It means the absolute world to me and it allows, uh, all of your friends and followers to also have, you know, a little bit of moniker in their ears, which is a good thing because I've changed all of your life. So I kind of want to change everybody else's. Um, and if you haven't left a review on iTunes, I'd also really appreciate if you could take just two minutes to, to do that. Literally take your phone to the toilet and just do it whilst you're taking your shit because, that would be amazing for me. A lot of effort and a lot of money goes into each of these podcast episodes. Um, so it means the world when you guys just do those little things for me in return. <laughs>